and I would indulge you to stay with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Another passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And I'll just read a couple verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 1. For we know, everybody say, we know. The reason you know, you've been to church and you've read your Bible. If you don't go to church and you don't read your Bible, you really don't know. There's a lot of people popping off about Scripture, but they don't know. Thank God for an apostolic church that we know. That if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved and we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened not for that which would be unclothed but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us with the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the inheritance. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Good word shot today. Excellent. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor, another good word shot pressing in, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone that may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or Bad. Thank you for standing. Would you ask the Lord to help us? Savior, we thank you for your word that is forever true, ever right, and ever on time. I ask you to anoint your word to our hearts and minds. Uh, give us understanding. Quicken your will to us today. Each life and each heart that you would give to each one what is needed severally as you will. Dividing to us what is needed, I pray, in the wonderful name of the Lord. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. I know that that was a lot of reading, but the word mortal, mortality, corruptible, incorruptible was repeated several times throughout the passage of Scripture that I have read to you 
on several occasions. So I wanted you to be able to catch all that. So today we will title this either this title, Temporal, Temporal, or Eternal. But I kind of like my subtitle, which is Swallowed Up of Life. Swallowed Up of Life. And so I want to teach from both these subjects and combine them. In the passage of Scripture that I have read to you, it is interesting to note that these words are redundant and over and over in these words because the emphasis is for us to recognize that all that we put into this life concerning life outside of God is very passing, very temporary, and very temporal. But what you do for God is lasting and eternal. So we recognize that since we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of the things that are done in his body according to that he hath done. And I looked at this and I know the contents of this scripture seems to suggest that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. I understand that's talking about us and our body by many theologians. I'm not so sure that I'm going to take it out of context when I give to you this understanding, for it speaks about Christ, that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of the things done in his body. Now, I know it's a stretch because I understand the context, I understand what I'm doing with this, but I just want you to know that when you understand Calvary, Calvary took care of what's done in this body. How many of you are glad that Calvary took care of what's in this body? But I, I just want to add this thought to you, and it, it may be a stretch for some, but when you read that, it wasn't stated that every man would give or receive the things done in their body, the plurality of it. But it was a singular note, and so I just want to pull from that just momentarily that there's two ways of looking at this scripture. One, what was done in your body, but what is done in the body of Christ. And I want you to think about that for a minute. And, and I know the bridge that I'm walking across in this, and I understand that. But uh, when I read it, it jumped out to me that Calvary took care of the things that was done in this body. And I'm so glad Calvary took care of that. I'm so glad that I was buried with Christ. I was buried with him. How are you buried with Christ? You're buried with Christ. When you're baptized in his name, it's not the water that identifies you with the deity of God. It's not, it's not the, the robe that you put on. It's not, it's not it, what really is, is when you call the name of Jesus over you in baptism, that identifies with his death and puts you into his death. And that's dying out to the old man, which this body, what I've done in this body, is buried with Jesus Christ, and I thank God for that. Understanding baptism, many places are doing away with it. 
They don't like the mess of it, having to clean up the water. I was baptized in a man one day years ago, and somebody said, just get in, and he belly flopped into the water, splashed everybody. Well, we baptized him in Jesus' name anyway. So it doesn't really matter what happens in a baptismal tank. We'll clean it up because we believe so much in entering into the body of Christ is being baptized into his death. When you repent of your sins, that's a death. And then we bury you in Jesus' name and you rise to walk in newness of life. And that life that we now live is a life that God looks at us as his child. I'm so glad I am a Jesus' name, son of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I just wanted to interject that, at, uh, that, that now we're going to give an account of what's done in the body of Christ as well as what's done in your body. You don't just come to God and then, then everything is cool. You don't have to worry about anything. We do not believe in eternal security, but we do believe in being secure eternally. It's a play on words, but it's not really a play on words till you understand that when you live for God, you are eternally secure. But you can't believe in eternal security by rejecting the life that you live in the body of Christ. When you live the life in the body of Christ, you're not ashamed of who you are. You're not ashamed of him. You're not ashamed of his name. And you're not ashamed to lift your hand and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is our God. So just a thought that now we're going to give an account of the things done in his body, the body of Christ. And as you're thinking today, I want you to follow that thought because we know that God has given to us an understanding of what goes on in this body, the church of Jesus Christ. And so I read to you from verse 11 of our text scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, or chapter 5, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, if it was dissolved, we know what we have something better. We know that we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, our scripture said, in this body we groan. And in the body of Christ we've grown because we recognize what's happening to the church and what's happening in our life. We're not groaning altogether about life in this world that we live in, though we may groan because of pain and trouble and what have you, but we groan because we have a glimpse of the body of Christ. We have a glimpse of eternal life. We have a glimpse of immortality. We have the earnest of our inheritance. We have a touch of what it's going to be in the glory world. Aren't you glad that what you enjoy here is going to be magnified multiple times when we get to be with the Lord? I know it's a transitional thought to think that we're going to be in another place with the Lord, but let me just remind you, when Jesus went up, and he sent the angels back and said, in like manner as you have seen him go, he's coming back again. I'm telling you, I never want to lose sight of that. 
And this church is a church that believes in the second coming of Jesus Christ to a confused world, a sin-cursed world. But in the midst of that, he has a body of people. He has the body of Christ that's here. And what we do in his body, what we do in this place, does count an eternal weight in glory. Hallelujah. And I want you to be able to grasp this. Uh, he said we, we, we should be groaning earnestly. I see them earnestly desiring food and water and attention. And I see them reaching for things of the world and earnestly groaning for better pay and all of those things. And there is a groaning in our world. But I just want to tell you that the earnest groaning of a church and the body of Christ is to be clothed by him, wrapped up in him. And let me just introduce to you, swallowed up of Life, And I want to play on those words in just a moment. He said in verse 3, If so be that being clothed, we should not be found naked. He was not talking about your natural clothes that you buy from the second-hand store or Target or Walmart. And there's nothing wrong with shopping there. In fact, they said a hurricane or a tornado hit a Walmart in Arkansas and left 300 women homeless. Doesn't hurt to shop there. What I'm saying is it's not the clothing that you wear that he's talking about. It's putting on the Lord Jesus Christ as the scripture says. Listen to me. When the angel of death has stripped us of all that is temporary and all that is temporal, we can be clothed with something eternal. When the enemy of life and the enemy of the world takes its toll on you, and it will eventually, you're flying high now because you think you're important. But when the enemy, the angel of death, strips you of all that, you're going to want something more powerful than this life. You're going to want something better to meet God with when he strips you of the handle of life, when he strips you and you're naked of understanding life and without reason to live and without eternal life and the hope of eternal life. What will you do in that day after you've given all your energy and all your time to this life? What, what about just being swallowed up of life in living for God? No wonder we groan in this life when we really get a vision. I'm telling you a vision of heaven. You should have a vision of heaven every day that you live because our world's getting worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Our world does not get better. Society doesn't get better. Hollywood doesn't get better. They have stripped morality down to nothing. They have changed lifestyles and habits. And the church does the same thing. The only difference is uh, we change you out of the immorality. We change you out of the addictions uh, and bring you to a powerful walk in Jesus Christ. Uh, we're in battle for your soul. Uh, on one side, the enemy says, uh, we're going to strip you and take away all of your morality. And we're going to take away all of your greatness and goodness uh, and make you a subject of hell. Uh, but when you walk inside an apostolic church, uh, we we want to tell you, we want to strip you of all the negativity of the world. We want to strip you of all of the addictions of the world. We want to strip you of all the problems of the world. And we want you to be clothed with something powerful. And so 
Hallelujah. I don't want to be found naked without God. I want the clothing of Jesus Christ. I want to be wrapped up in Jesus Christ. I want life to be in me. Oh, hallelujah. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that which we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. That mortality, listen to this, that mortality might be swallowed up, not in life, but swallowed up of life. You can be swallowed up in life. But when you come to an apostolic church, you find out what it is to be swallowed up of life. What life? The life of Jesus. What else is there to live for? Swallowed up in the will of God. This life, we must be swallowed up in eternal life. I'm preaching to you today. You need to forget about the things of the world that destroy you and strip you and leave you naked without eternal life and find what Jesus has provided for you to live with him in eternal life. We're so swallowed up of life that we want to forsake the things of the world. All they're bringing to you is a destruction of homes, change in the lifestyle of marriage, Changing the sanctity of life, changing the country that we love into something that's been tried over and over outside of the world, church, outside of our country. We're, we're in crisis in our country. I tell you, the only hope for you is to be in an apostolic church uh, where we worship the one true God and we exalt the one name that is above every name uh, to be swallowed up of life, be swallowed up of life. Make fun of us if you will. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to those outside. They want to make fun of us for going to church. They want to make fun of us for dancing in the aisles. Hey, have you ever been to a rock concert? Have you ever seen how drunk and stupid they act? And they love that? Don't bother me if I want to run an aisle. Don't bother me if I want to stand and worship. I'm swallowed up of life. I'm here to live for Jesus with everything that's in me. I'm ready to be stripped of those things that are temporal and put on something that's eternal. I want life. I want his life. I want the life of Jesus Christ. I want to be in his body. I want to live for him. I want to worship him. I want the power of the anointed of God on my life. I want him in me. Oh, hallelujah. When you are swallowed up of life, you have a spirit of obedience to the unenforceable. When you are swallowed up of life, I'm not talking about in your life. I'm talking about swallowed up of life. In him is life. And that life was the light of men. If you could get swallowed up in life, everything in the world would just kind of grow dim. And you'd do what you had to do, but you'd become swallowed up in Jesus. Mortality must be swallowed up of life when you get to where mortality not immortality that's what we want we're mortal when mortality is swallowed up of life you forget about the mortal things and think about the eternal things you know why this doesn't fly 
as strong as when you talk about some other subjects because I'm dealing with that carnal nature. And that carnal nature rises up. But when you reject that carnal, mortal side and become swallowed up of life in Jesus Christ, He said, I am the way, the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. Not me. Jesus said it. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Hallelujah. I'm ready to be swallowed up of life. I'm ready to be swallowed up of life. I want it to overwhelm me. I want it to encompass everything that I do, everything that I am. The world politicians are predicting the end of the world. They really are. They say, if we don't get this in place and do this and do that, it's all over with. I'm glad they recognize it finally. We've been preaching that a long time. We're closer now. The only difference in us and those that are talking about the end of the world, what man does, uh, we're talking about the end of the world, what Jesus does. He's coming back. It may not be 12, 10, 11 years. It may be right now. And when you get a vision of heaven and you get a vision of living for God, you get a vision of living for Jesus, uh, you become swallowed up of life. Not in life, but of life. The wording is important. You're swallowed up of life. Oh, hallelujah. That's why the well gets swelled up and down here. That's why we stand and worship God, because we're swallowed up of life. Well, if they can stand for hours at a political rally till their backs hurt, their knees hurt, their ankles hurt, and the speech even hurts. We can come to the house of God and we can stand with our hands raised and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and because we are swallowed up of life. Everything in us wants to see Jesus. Everything in us wants to see the mortal things go away and the immortal things come. The carnal things come, go away and all that is godly come back to us. Oh, somebody ought to shout with me. We're in his body. We're in his body. We're in his body. And when we're in his body, we're swallowed up of life. Woo! I said we're swallowed up of life. No wonder we have a church that shouts. Steve, I'm so glad they shut you down when you went to a church and raised your hand and said amen. I'm glad they shut you down because you may have never walked in these doors. I'm glad they said, we don't want that. When you came here, we understand what it is to lift a hand. We understand what it is to say amen. We're swallowed up of life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is anybody in here swallowed up of life? You just love living for Jesus. You just love being a Christian. You just love doing what you're doing for God in his body. Well, Isaiah, Isaiah spoke of it. Old Testament scripture, Isaiah 25 and verse 8. He will swallow up death 
in victory. Now, that kind of sounds like a New Testament scripture, doesn't it? He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. This is Old Testament. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. I'm swallowed up in life today because I know that if I go by the way of the grave, I have a hope. He's going to swallow up death with, oh, I know, I'm sorry. Talking about death, it always brings a little discomfort to some. Well, I'm closer than most of you. I'll be 75 this year. I'm not afraid of death. I don't like the idea of dying, the process, but I'm not afraid of death. In fact, if the death angel came today to take me, I've done, been, seen, spoke, had all this world has to offer. I may not have as much as Bloomberg, $65 billion. Wow. Wow. I may not have as much, but I got enough. I can still live. That life out there is not as important as the life in here. I want to stress this today. I'm on this. Uh, I want to tell you there's nothing better than living for God. Hey, you think you know a lot of important people? I know some important people. I've been in the home of Brother Aston from Africa, a great man of God, loves God. I've been the home of Brother Nix in Peru. I could start naming the homes that I've been in around the world, and there's places on every continent that we can go and knock on a door and spend the night with people that maybe we've never seen before because it's the body of Christ. I'm swallowed up of this. I don't want to go to a foreign country and, and stay in somebody's home that doesn't know who God is. I can go find somebody in that country that knows God, and pretty soon they'll know me. Aren't you glad the body of Christ is important? When you get so caught up and you believe in Jesus so strong, the rest of the influences of the world just kind of go faintly dim. You can give your money away. You can give it all. You can, I'm not even going to go there. That life doesn't give you anything. You can live if you have $65 billion. You can't live any better than we live. You might have more things and toys, but if you don't have God, you're a pauper. You don't have anything. I'm telling you, we may not have $65 billion, but we have the riches of Christ. We have something that's eternal. We got rid of the temporal things. We're not worried about that. What comes, we accept. And what God gives us, we're happy with. But we don't put our stock in that because the Bible said you're going to throw it in the streets anyway. What's going to count is what's done in his body. What's, what's done in his body. Well, hallelujah. So Romans, Paul writes these words, the 13th chapter, the 14th verse. 13 and 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the mortal, the temporal, 
the corruptible, make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest, the down payment. You've heard this preached. It's old hat, but it still thrills me. Somebody came to me the other day and said, will I know my wife in heaven? I said, you know, you may know as you're known, as the scripture said, but whatever heaven is and whatever excitement you have in being married and all that goes with life and the marital life, heaven's going to be hundredfold, thousandfold better than all of that. The ecstasy, the excitement, the thrill of having a family and all that goes with life here when you're swallowed up of his life. It's a whole bunch better. He's given to us the earnest, just a taste of it. That's why we groan in this flesh. Because we just got enough that we want more. <laughs> we just have enough to see what's going to be over there. We still have to live. So that is that life. But this is this life. He went on to say in verse number 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. All that goes into the logistics of politicians' lifestyle. It's amazing what goes into the logistics of getting a politician out on the field somewhere. The flights have to be scheduled. People have to be in place. Got to think about this kind of in a political environment we're in right now, and so you read a lot about this and you see things. But imagine the logistics that goes into protecting a politician, planning down the road where you're going to be at a certain time, and minute by minute the military or commercial flights or all of that is so destined. Think about the logistics of providing for food and clothing and all that goes into a politician's life to get out and shake people's hands. That's all in that life. But I want to talk just a few minutes about the logistics of Jesus Christ. It was a long time ago that he spoke in the book of Genesis that we would be able to bruise the head of Satan. He knew that he was coming one day to conquer death, hell, and the grave. He knew, and he started planning for it. And he wrote and had people speak and led a people in the Old Testament. I don't have time to go into all of that, but think of the logistics that went into all of the tabernacle plan and all that went into the prophets, uh, all that went into the Psalms that David wrote, all the logistics that went into there of the prophecies of the coming of the Lord and then to find a virgin and to find somebody that it would be a vehicle for the coming of that person of Jesus Christ uh, who was a spirit uh, that now has to be born uh, of the flesh uh, and the protection is put into it. The, oh, hear me. The logistics of this. He did it all for you. He planned it at the very beginning of time that you could be swallowed up. You would have the earnest. 
of your inheritance that you can live for God in the joy and peace of living for God. Oh, the logistics of growing up as a child. When he got to Calvary, let me, let me tell you about the logistics, the protection of politicians. You don't know who's lurking around and watching and listening to what you're saying. We were in China some years ago, and we had a guide, and the guide says, here, you don't talk about things. And we got to another place and said, okay, we can talk about things. And they ta she talked about the government. She said, it's like a rock in the toilet. In other words, you can never flush them. <laughs> They're just governments there. I said, that's not too far off from America right now. What goes into protecting? Can you imagine when Jesus got to Calvary? The scripture talks about legions of angels that he could have called. You know, they're not going to mutilate his body. They're not going to burn his body. He willingly gave his life. He, to oh, my, my. he told his followers, he told his disciples, I'm going to die for the world. He died that you may live. And because you live today, you can lift your hands and love him and worship him. Oh, the logistics. Think about it. What it takes to get a body all around the world, the body of Christ, into heaven. He prepared that a long time ago. I'm not going to go into it. I've done it before, and it's thrilling to talk about, and we'll do it another time. But there's 12 gates in that city. We're going to get there all at once, from the north, the south, the east, and the west. All of my children, all that are called by my name. Hallelujah. We're going to be in the presence of Jesus forever. And we're all going to see him at the same time. I believe this because he is not a respecter of persons. You're not going to see him before me. We're going to be ushered into those gates, which are massive gates. And they never shut at night. And we're going to be there. And the body of Christ is going to be swallowed up in eternal life. Life, and we're going to be in the presence of Jesus forever, 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 forever. Let me tell you, church, I want to be swallowed up in life. I want this to be in me. I want it in my guts. I want it in my mind. I want it in my soul. I want to worship him with everything that's in me. I want to love him with everything that's in me because that's what counts. It's an eternal weight of glory. Ninth verse says it all. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. All that Calvary paid for us. And we're going to be so lackadaisical about that. Musicians can come. You have a little computer in your car. Check engine. Everybody seen it? Anybody had a little light come on? Check engine. You all have that old of cars? Check engine. What'd you do with it? You ignore it? You ignore it? We'll find you on the side of the road and we'll send cheap towing out to get you. 
If that is important to you and you take care of that, Somewhere, you got to check your life, check your heart. What is your mortal life doing? What is your carnal life doing? What is your corruptible life doing? What are you putting your stock in today? Oh, the musicians want me to preach. Thank God. They're not here. All that Calvary prayed for. Are we going to let all the logistics that went into Jesus Christ come into this earth to die for our sins? All the logistics of preparing the church, the world over to go up in one big, big, big flight to glory. They talk about the honor flight. And I was talking to a couple of ladies that was running it the other day. And it's an interesting thing. The honor flight's taking care of the old veterans. And we honor the veterans. And we're thankful for the veterans, for everybody that serves. But just let me tell you, you talk about an honor flight and the logistics that goes into the rapture of the church. No, go ahead and stand. I heard your stomach growling. All the logistics that goes into the rapture of the church, the coming of the Lord. He did it all so that you could be swallowed up of life. Oh, hallelujah. Think with me for a moment. What went into getting you to where you are? Is it because you paid your bill and they like you and want to give you more credit? Or you bought a car from them and so they send you notices to come back and buy another car? The logistics of all of this. Think about it for a minute. Think about it. But a long time ago, the Lord thought of this very day in an apostolic church to help you understand that when you take care of the car, you take care of the bank account. You know, when you're overdrawn in the bank, they, they let you know you can't take any more out. You know, there's a lot of Christians that are overdrawn. They need a refilling. They need some more deposit. Oh, God, help us. But when you're swallowed up of life, not in life, but of life. I like the word. I, it just, I just like it. I'm sorry. I like No, I'm not sorry. I love it swallowed up of life when you get to that place nothing in this world matters like it used to and you give yourself to living for Jesus as we sing today in conclusion I repeat knowing the terror of the Lord we knowing the terror of the Lord we knowing the terror of the Lord we persuade men. You know why I'm preaching? I'm going to die preaching. I'm going to preach till that last breath. God help me. Because I'm swallowed up with this. 
It's time to live for Jesus. It's time to give him your all. It's time to give him everything. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. That we may be accepted of him. Talk about Jesus. Talk about the Holy Ghost. Talk about the coming of the Lord. Become swallowed up of life. Swallowed up of life. Swallowed up of
us with everything that's in you. Falling in love. Swallowed up. In the love of Jesus. Swallowed up. Falling in love. In the love with Jesus. I'm swallowed up. In love with Jesus. Falling in love. Uplifted to the King of Kings. Falling in love. I'm falling in love with Jesus. I'm falling in love with Jesus. I'm swallowed up in his life. What he wants that I can be accepted of him. Falling in love. Lift your hands together and love Jesus.